And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to This Old Marketing, proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And well, we're here for another special episode, number 407, a special, let's call it true confessions episode to round out our year. And by the way, this is for Friday, December 29th, 2023. I hope you all are planning a happy, 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 happy new year. And with me, as always, is my happy, happy new year guy, my friend, my colleague, and a guy who definitely, well, at times can look like the baby new year, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Because of my bald head? (laughs) I can't believe you led with that. (laughs) <laughs> we're supposed to be positive going into the baby next new year. year yeah and here you are coming out with the ball you're gonna have to find a picture of baby new year to show everybody that's watching our video <laughs> yeah nobody <laughs> i'll put i'll put the baby new i'll use the baby new year image on our little podcast square for perfect. this episode that is just, so perfect just for you just, just for, for me you. thank you the baby uh, new year are you are you planning anything for for the new? What are you? Are you are you a New Year's Eve guy? No. What are I'm the opposite <laughs> you, of that? Are you hep? Are you hep to the the clubs and? Uh, no, not even not even close. <laughs> what we typically do uh, is we typically go out for dinner, a really nice dinner, the night before on the thirtieth. Um. And I haven't heard from my uh, head of social planning, that would be my wife, um, what we will be doing on the 30th. But I suspect it will be something like we normally do, which is to go out on the 30th and go to a really nice dinner because there's nobody there. And then on the 31st, we just we we bunk up. Right. (laughs) There is no there there is nothing that happens. We turn out all the lights and, you know, we have a little champagne. We have a great home cooked meal. Uh, don't worry about going out and maybe we make it to uh, East Coast New Year's and watch the New Year's Rock and Eve. Usually the Dick Clark version of that. Um, make it to we, you make it to nine. Yeah. Nine make it to around yeah, nine o'clock and then go, time. hey, happy New Year. It's and then we good. go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So it's does she does yeah. she listen to this podcast? Elizabeth? No. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, my, no my, I don't think wife. she's listened to ever one episode. Yeah. My wife doesn't listen either. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I bring that up is maybe. She wants you to plan this year. No, she does waiting. not. Nobody wants me to plan anything. No, there is no, there is no, no. Maybe that's what no. she wants. No, that's her. Pre- she's like, nope. Take some I, initiative. Nope, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I'm 31 years into this whole mess, and so I'm I'm pretty self aware you know, at this if point. You yeah, know, I'm, you know. I, you, if you know, you, you know. know. Exactly right. <laughs> you, I will say, I, I will say January 1st, we do make sort of a ritual out of things, you know, because uh, as you've, uh, as we've talked about before, you and I have talked about, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but that's typically when I do my big journaling, my, uh, my plan for the new year. It's when I write down my year. word. It's when I write down my intentions. And, and you and love I that day. You love I loved that. I love yeah. sort of sinking in on New Year's Day and again cooking a really lovely home cooked meal and then spending a good amount of time in front of a journal and thinking about life and and doing all those things. So yes, that will be the that will be the weekend plan. 
I actually, it's funny. I downloaded a little, uh, you know, I'm totally into the whole goal setting thing and review yeah, of the yeah, year. Yeah. And I've got a little uh, thing for my journal this year. Sahil Bloom, uh, which I subscribed to his uh, newsletter. He's got seven questions to ask yourself before that planning process happens. And I've got it here in front of me. And one is like, what's one thing you changed your mind about in 2023? And just oh. thinking about those types of things. I just, they're different questions. I love so it. I'm excited to go Wait, into that process. Will you put that in the show notes? Because I, I will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I forgot the name of Seahill's uh, newsletter, but really, really good stuff. And it's and mostly his, his is about lifestyle, um, critical thinking, uh, strategic thinking, those types of things. So I oh, I like Sahil's it. Oh no, for, definitely. For long, I want to see that for a long definitely time. A lot of it's that. stuff that we talk about that we we sometimes teach, but they're really good reminders for me. And uh, he had a newsletter recently that talked about get ready for your 2024 plan and i was like oh it's good he really did a good job because he, he set it up as a downloadable ebook uh that you you know subscribers got for free obviously and uh and i printed it out and it's a really good form so i'm looking forward to to doing that but not that you mm. asked but our <laughs> we do our new year's <laughs> eve eve yes with our group of friends every year and this year we're going down to Columbus uh, to stay the night. I don't know. I don't know if it's no New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve. But we're going. We're going down there, and we're uh, we're staying at uh, one of the breweries has a hotel. Uh, oh, where, well, that's uh, nice. Where I th- you, it's one of those. It's one of those hotels, and I'm gonna. I don't have. Somebody's gonna yell at me. I don't remember the name of of what it's called, but where that you actually can get um, draft beer in your room. Like it's on the wall, <laughs> and you, so I think we're just gonna get a suite, and we're just gonna sit around and. That's drink the most. Them. That's the most Pulitzer thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> right there is. I think it's in the shower, actually. <laughs> believe it or not, that you right. Can, the only of, thing that would make of, that completely perfect is if there was a tap for Jack Daniels for J.K. That would yes, that would make uh, that there. Yes, he doesn't need he. He needs, yeah, he he needs to take a break for an hour and just drink beer. So he doesn't. But anyways, uh, yeah. So we're gonna do that. It's gonna be great super news. Fun. Yeah, that's be fun. fun. And we're gonna do that. But the uh, you know, it's interesting. You and I wanted to do a special episode, but yeah. we didn't know exactly what to do. And then we said, hey, let's just throw it out to our LinkedIn audiences. That's right. We got like sixty or seventy comments combined. Uh, yeah, on, you got a lot more than I did. I think. Oh, it was a lot. It were a lot of comments on uh, we both. Had a lot of, a lot of yeah. good fun. Really um, good comments. And there were, it's interesting. There were some that were voted up and, and I guess uh, we're picking the, a couple that were voted up the most, if you, if you will, and, and commented on and, and to do our, yeah. our special episode. So what, what are we going to be doing in this special episode? So it's a, it's a great point because it, it may not have been the most commented up, but it was also ones that were, that we thought would be novel, right? That would be interesting to hear um, and not stuff that we talk about every week. Um, because, you know, I mean, a couple of people mentioned football, which is very kind. Thank you very much. There are a few out there that said, do your football episode. Yeah. there, And, I, and it did happen. It did, it, 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 it did happen that people did comment on it. So maybe that's the next special episode. We do a, a NFL playoff preview. Yeah. Cause both <laughs> our teams nobody, should be in it. Nobody's well, both ever our, asked for it. Both our teams should be in it. So there you go. Don't bite your tongue. Uh, I, you, you yeah, know. your Cowboys are as we record this are already in it. There's not you can't say that kind of stuff in Cleveland. Like as soon as uh, you yeah, say that oh, we've true. made the playoffs, like you you just jinxed it. 
So I'm I'm not saying anything. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to take it a game at a, at a time. We're going to give I tell our you best. the difference. The difference in the Browns this year is is that instead of finding a way to lose, they're finding a way to win. So that's the only. Yeah, it's funny. It's almost the exact same. Yeah. Uh, season in reverse. We're just winning the close games instead of losing the close games. Yeah. So exactly. It's funny how you just learn to win. Yeah. It just takes a it's, long. It, it's only taken us 37 years to learn to win. Um, and that is so, the perfect segue into the show because this is all about how do we learn to win. It's our true confession. So this came Gina, by the way. Hi, Gina. Uh, Gina Ballerin, who 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 was sort of the source of this, and and Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Um, uh, the source of both of these comments, but they sort of encapsulate a couple of things that a few people uh, actually talked about, which was talking about our things that we wish we hadn't done or mistakes that we've made or things we wish we had done differently, basically a true confessions, if you will, around in our careers and the things maybe even this year, things that we would have done differently or things that we wish we would have stopped doing or, you know, basically things, mistakes and, and, and coming clean on sort of the things that we've learned and how to learn to win by making those mistakes. And then the second thing, given time constraints, because we've each got a couple of those. We will, let's be clear. We've each got a lot of those, yeah, two of which. Like, what do you, how yeah, do you choose? Right, I've failed exactly. so many times. It's uh, and yeah. my, You know what? It choose would your be favorite nice failure. To, yeah. It would be nice to get our wives on just to talk about <laughs> all the things we do wrong. That's that would true. be that That's would a whole, be a great episode. That would yeah. be one of those eight episode seasons. That's right. That just That's, never had a whole. That's a whole story arc right there is, uh, is <laughs> with regard to that. Um, and then the second thing, given time, um, is really getting up on our soapboxes and talking about, you know, uh, you know, coming back to our snarkiness, as it were, and talking about what other people should stop doing. What yeah. we've seen in marketing over the last year or a little more and what people should really stop doing uh, that we see that is either annoying or that we just see not producing any results or what we think in the new year that, you know, where the focus should really shift that it seems like it's not shifting. So, yeah, so fun stuff. So fun stuff. Perfect. Um, and, and because we had a wonderful predictions episode last, if you didn't catch it, please check it out. One of our best episodes ever, I have to say, humbly. Uh, but I always, I went first every yeah. time. So <laughs> this episode, I would like to leave it to you to share your exam. And this is, we're going to start with our true confessions, right? That's what we're starting yeah, with. That's right. So you have, you have the mic. I'm <laughs> that's looking true. I'm going to sit a, back I and do I'm have a mic. relax. Yeah. Listen. Lean, it's a lean learn. back moment. It's a lean, lean back moment. So, back. Um, well, and funny enough, ironically enough, um, I was too leaned back is really the sort of the theme underlying theme here. So for many of you, who have known me for any amount of time, you know that I've been out on my own um, as, you know, sort of call it freelancer, call it solopreneur, call it small business owner. Um, I've sort of been all of those things um, in the various 11, 12 years now that I've been doing this since leaving uh, my company job where I had a full-time 40 hour a week, <laughs> 40 hour a week. That's funny. Um, job as a startup. I was the CMO of a startup company. I was CMO of a startup software company and a CMO of a startup web content management enterprise software company. So, um, you know, read into that boring. Um, but 
interestingly, it, the job certainly wasn't born trying to grow a startup enterprise software company uh, from the ground up. And it's where I met my little pal, Joe here and baby new year. Um, Your little and- pal. <laughs> thank you and, i'm I, yeah i'm the new year's baby and yeah. your little pal that's right thank you for that <laughs> my little pal joe oh <laughs> uh, it makes me laugh i swear to anyway God. so the thing is i was there eight years um i started in 2001 um after i left the world of advertising agencies and consultancies where i had spent a good amount of my early part of my career coming out of television which was the earliest part of my career and uh, I joined as the head of product, head of marketing uh, for that company, helping shape the product, helping shape uh, the marketing and the brand and everything for that company and, and going through two rounds of Silicon Valley funding and the whole thing. And the key was that, you know, there came a point where we moved the business really far. Like we moved the business really well. And, and, and by the way, content marketing had a huge role to play there, building, building that organization, building the team, building our skill, building ourselves as a little media company, uh, and thought leader was really rewarding and satisfying. It was, it was hard work. It was good work. It was interesting work. Um, and so from 2002 till about 2007, let's call it, um, it was really great. And then, of course, we all know what started to happen in 2007, 2008, 2009 with the economy and where things were going. And things were really struggling for our business. Um, and, uh, and it was clear to me that as we took a second round of funding um, and looked to expand the business, I was not the right guy. I was definitely not the right guy to lead that company into the next, you know, we had grown the company um, to a a respectable revenue number, um, but I wasn't the right guy to lead that company. I wasn't the right guy to lead the marketing in that organization. And, you know, and it came with some tension between me and the CEO and, and, and certainly tension with other parts of the organization and not that there was anything personal. It was all professional. And it was all I was just, you know, I, I was just not, it was my time. And what I found was, is that my ego in terms of saying, I have to make this work. In other words, my, what happened was my emotions got the better of me. And I was, I was thinking I have to make this work, even though I'm finding myself less interested, I'm finding myself less passionate and I'm finding myself sort of in a, in a spot where I really should go because it would be better for the company if I left. And, and I wanted to go out on my own. I had always wanted to go out on my own. And so the hindsight sort of, you know, you go, oh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, I should have left, you know, three years prior to that. And by the way, if I had done so, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and teach content marketing and be a consultant in it and go all in. And I met this guy, Joe, and he was inspiring to me. And I wanted to do all those things. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger on it because my ego was getting in the way of saying, I can't quit. I can't quit. I can't quit. I can't quit. And ultimately, it took the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009 which is a weird and ironic thing to have the financial crisis get to a point of being so pressure filled that I said, I want to go out on my own. And I remember having this conversation with my wife um, 
about going out on my own and striking out on a consulting thing. This is, you know, 2008. You and I had had the conversation. You were like, are you all in on this? And I'm like, yes, I'm all in on this. And ultimately, I made that decision in probably the worst economic conditions I could possibly find. And it felt amazing. It was the most amazing thing. And so my mistake, my sort of regret is that honestly, I didn't do it sooner. I didn't trust my gut. I didn't trust myself enough to say it's time. I should have gone three years earlier. Uh, I re- it's funny because I remember all that fairly well. Yeah. Uh, it was such a help to me because I didn't want to get into consulting and you loved it. You really yeah. wanted to do it. And that's where I was like, look, I, I, we have these consulting opportunities. I'd, I'd love for you to do it because I want to focus on other things. Yeah. Uh, but do you feel, you feel you would have been two or three years ahead of the game and been able to, to take more of the opportunity for when content marketing was really going, if you would have quit sooner? Uh, Yes, I do. I, I do because I had a so as a and we've talked a little bit about this on the show before when we talked about our own sort of marketing journeys. But what I feel like I missed was the ramp up time. Right? I don't feel like I missed the trend necessarily because yep. in many ways we were pretty early you and i this. created this trend in, in 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 a lot of ways which i'm super proud about and building content marketing institute and the things that we did together so i wouldn't have missed the timing on that because it was very early days for cmi anyway but what i missed was my own personal brand and building my my personal brand up so that i was coming into our situation with a much stronger positioning than I had. In other words, I was, you know, I was still relatively, not relatively, completely unknown to the world of content marketing and uh, thought leadership in digital marketing and all of that in when I went out on my own. And I would have, uh, you know, I, I would have, I, I would have had a longer time to sort of build that up and build some, you know, I can still remember, 2007 when I was, you know, I was reading your blog, trying to make the decision about going and I I set up my own personal blog and stuff like that. And I can remember, (laughs) I can remember, I can remember submitting to you my blog as sort of a good content marketing blog at the time. And I think you were very kind and gave me like 18th or 19th or 20th or something like that. And I was pissed. Like I was really annoyed that I wasn't higher. <laughs> but if I had no visitors. I had no, I mean like 10 posts or something like that. It was just, you know, it was, of course I was going to be 18th or 19th or 20th and probably more appropriately 40th or 50th on your list. But it was people like, you know, you you were putting up like Jay Bear and Jason Falls and all those folks who were doing incredible work and had been for and some they'd time. And they've been doing, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. And that was yeah. the key, right? It was like, I, I, I and so in hindsight, it's like, oh, I wish I could have those 36 months back where I could actually start that process in earnest and be and hit that hit that trail that social media slash content marketing trend much in a much stronger position it's fine so uh it actually parlays really well with my timetable and the the first example that I want to talk about because as as you know and a lot of people listening to this know I worked at Pet Media from 2000 mm. to 2007, and just lucky enough because the the first recession, if you will, that happened in 2001, 2002, sure, yeah. 
uh, when I started in Penton Custom Media, which was their content marketing division, I think, and I was a project manager, I think there was something like seven or eight people between me and the CEO of Penton Media. And by the time all those layoffs happened in 01 and 02, I was actually ended up reporting to the CEO. So that was a really a right place, right time. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. I was in this position and and we grew that uh, that division, custom media division, did a really good job. And and probably starting in 05, I wanted to launch a business. I had this idea for what was called custompublishers.com, believe it or not. I still have the logo today and I love wow. that logo yeah, because the, the industry at the time was called custom publishing. Sure, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up staying on uh, for all of 2006 because David Nussbaum, who was the CEO at that time, he sat down with me. He said, Joe, he says, there's there's no uh, secret here. Pen Penton went bankrupt. Uh, so the stock that when I started, the stock was worth $34 a share. And, and 18 months after I started there, it went down to seven cents. So you could see Penton went through a lot. Basically, they overbought. They bought Internet World. They went way in debt. Yeah. Couldn't service the debt. All kinds of horrible things happened. Anyways. We, custom media was one of the the all-star that was a great um a great department uh angela venucci was a key part of that department we were we were sort of running this thing together and doing a good job but david nussbaum sat me down and because i was thinking about leaving i think he knew it to start this thing called custompublishers.com and i'll talk about that in a second he said would you stay on a little bit uh we're gonna sell and luckily i did because i had some options did get some money out of that starting in 07 and so then um Penton was sold. It worked out really well. And I left in the end of March of 2007. And then April 2nd of 2007 started what was called Junta 42. So <laughs> instead of custompublishers.com, I named it Junta 42. I'm not going to get into the details of it. I thought it was a great web 2.0 name at the time. And the idea, <laughs> the idea was we were going to be the eHarmony for content marketing because it, it over 2006, I really pivoted hard into content marketing. I've been using that phrase on and off, but I really believe long-term content marketing was going to be the phrase for the industry. So went in there. And then uh, while I was getting the site up and running for Junta 42, this matching service, I launched the blog you talked about, the con which was called the Content Marketing Revolution, Joe Polizzi's blog. And I talked about content marketing. So launched that way. It launched the product in 2007. So this matching service. And I I thought the idea was amazing. I thought the idea was the greatest thing in the world. It's like, oh my God, all these brands need to create valuable, compelling, relevant content. And there's all these agencies and content providers uh, out there that have these services. We were going to be that middle layer that we're going to, to put these two together. I put everything into it. I sunk well over a hundred thousand dollars plus, and and I didn't, we didn't have this kind of money. But we were, I was throwing everything we had at it. Started maxing out credit card debt, whatever. Went into so fast forward, we you know built the product. Everything came together. Fast forward to two thousand nine, because you were around for some of it, because we started to get right. these content marketing consulting things, even as jump to forty two. And uh, the problem was, is that uh, jump to forty two financially didn't work at all. So, right. so we were off, I was offering a product in the form of this matching service mm -hmm. to a bunch of people. So two things, first of all, most people didn't know what content marketing was, duh, right? Like we were, nobody knew what it was. It was still a new thing. And on the other side, we were targeting content marketing agencies to spend money with us for an annual agreement. 
well, you know what agencies don't spend money on? Marketing. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm going out. So made that was a horrible decision. So the horrible decision was, and I kept with it way too long. And I wish I would have pivoted sooner. And I got it got to September 2009 when I was re, I was going back to these agencies who were in the system who were spending five thousand dollars a year in our system. And I was basically calling them up saying, Hey, are you gonna re-up? And our best case study, long story short with that, our best case study that we delivered a million dollar uh, client to ended up not re-upping because they said that our system didn't deliver enough ROI. And I get <laughs> off that call, I'm like, I delivered you a million dollar project. Right. What, how, what kind of, how much more ROI? And I, I remember I got off the phone, I went to the backyard, teared up a little bit. I, I'm like, I'm going to have to go find a job. Let's get my LinkedIn profile in shape. This thing is not working at all. I have completely failed. Luckily, I took about a two-week breather about feeling sorry for myself and came back. (laughs) Okay. I started to look at blog comments, and I started to look at the emails I was getting. And basically, they were, hey, Joe, uh, are there any events that I could send my team to around content marketing? Joe, is there any training available? For content, Joe, is there any consulting opportunities? That's where you and I started to talk. Yeah, and that's where you were. We were like, "Oh, there's something here." But I'm pushing this product that I loved. I fell in love with the product. That was a big mistake. Pushing it down their throats didn't work. And then over in cocktail, the story is I had took a cocktail napkin and I wrote out the plan that you approved. That you thought that was a great plan. I said, "Okay, we're going to build the leading online destination for content yeah. marketing." It was the blog and the newsletter. We're going to create the leading trade magazine for content marketing, Chief Content Officer Magazine. We're going to create the number one in-person event for content marketing. That became Content Marketing World. And the mistake was I fell in love with the product and didn't listen to what the audience's needs and pain points were. And once I got my head out of my butt and realized <laughs> that, you know, May 4th, 2010, Content Marketing Institute formally launched and it immediately took off. And Content Marketing World, which was September of 2011, which we were hoping for 100 people to come to Cleveland, Ohio, ended up getting over 600. And four years later, we did 4,000. Yeah, so that was yeah. that was that story. Yeah, it's 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 eh, well, it's kept me fat and happy. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. It would it, it all was worked so, out for sure. It, it was so close to not happening. You know how close. <laughs> I was so depressed at the time. Cause I made this big decision to leave and leave this exec. I was getting paid really good money at it at benefits yeah. at Penton. They've made the turnaround to doing it still around today, just not called Penton anymore. Uh, and went to this and just made a horrible mistake by falling in love with products. So that's when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs all the time and people that are building audiences and saying, don't fall in love with these pro- just, that's build right. an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you. Become the leading informational provider. Ultimately, they will tell you what they will buy from you. You just that's, have to be patient yep, with it. That's exactly right. Well, I think that's the that's the lesson in all of that, right? Which is the you know from from both of our perspectives on that thing is is trusting your gut um, in a in you know in terms of where you're choosing to spend your time and and really reflecting on those things and not, you know, not letting your negative ego or your ego get in the way of those things. Because by the way, Crown Peak in my situation got, it was fine. They, I mean, without me there, they did, they did great things. They ultimately, they ultimately had their own exit. 
um, did a merger, then private equity bought that, and then they've they've ultimately become a uh, well, I would call them a sort of high end mid mid range player in the web content management space, um, and still going to this day. Um, but the 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 key is is that they were fine without me and I was fine without them. And I should have just recognized that. And what you've, you know, you, I think you've so wonderfully articulated there was the, you know, the, the, you were, you know, trusting your gut to be right. You know what I mean? And it's, 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 it's a hard thing. It's a really, really hard thing to do. And it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to see it in hindsight and it's so hard to recognize it in the moment. I think it's don't to your point. I think trusting your gut to be right, but also, it's okay when you're wrong and move. Yeah, on. of course, of course. I was, I was, wrong. I was, I was standing so solid behind this idea for this matching service. I didn't want to let it go. I let it go on a year too long. Yeah, that's right. And just losing money and losing money and losing money. And I'm like, I mean, finally, I'm going like, I got to get a job here. I got no more money. I got no more credit yeah, cards. Yeah, yep. I got nowhere else to go. What am I going to do with this thing? So <laughs> I got crazy. no place else to go. I, got, I can't do it. I got no place else. What did you know? What movie that's from? I got no place else to go. No. Oh, uh, how about this? It? Uh, 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 it's Officer and a Gentleman. It's oh, great okay. movie. Great movie. I Louis Gossett, gonna... Louis Gossett Jr. and Richard Gere. Oh, and Richard, Gere I don't know. Made me think of uh, doing push-ups in... in the mud. He's like, "You want to get out of here?" mayonnaise <laughs> Gere, and richard gear goes i got no place else to go <laughs> sorry that's an older reference now that's a good I mean, older reference yes yeah, that's a good, indeed that's a good sign all, all right. right uh let's take a break here before we get to our next one of our true confessions and let's uh let's pay a couple of bills shall we Hey, did you know that HubSpot just launched an AI chatbot that helps you build awesome campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? Yeah, it's called Campaign Assistant, and it's a totally free-to-use AI tool that will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. And the best part? Well, the best part is it works seamlessly with all of HubSpot's marketing and sales tools to scale your output across email, social, and more. So AI your way to the most effective campaigns yet at HubSpot.com slash campaign assistant can i tell you about a great podcast it's called inclusion and marketing and it's hosted by sonia thompson and brought to you by the hubspot podcast network the audio destination for business professionals inclusion and marketing digs into important topics like belonging customer experience diversity and how you can practice inclusive marketing authentically one of the more awesome recent episodes featured a cool exploration into the meaning of belonging, all related to Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour. Yeah, it was really interesting. So go find it and follow it. You'll find the Inclusion and in Marketing Podcast wherever you follow your favorite pods. All right, you're up. Next. What do you got? All right. Well, it's it's a great uh, it's a great segue from paying the bills with advertising because I mean this one is quick for me, which is this year this this particular year. Well, it's really been let's call it uh, a challenge for me or a true confession, if you will, of me for the last couple of years, uh, which is leaning way too far into wanting to do good content marketing, thought leadership, et cetera, and not leaning nearly enough into direct marketing. I, and, and this goes, 
this is something that has been a challenge for me personally all the way going back to when I wanted to be a, when I moved out here to Los Angeles and wanted to be a rock star, right? Which was the 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 thing that I learned about being a musician or being a writer in Hollywood is that being a musician or a writer in Hollywood is not the job. The job is a sales job. The job is a networking and sales and direct marketing job. And you are selling yourself. You are networking yourself. You are marketing yourself. And I hated doing that. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like feeling like I was pitching me. I, I always feel uncomfortable in pitching me. I always feel weird about it, sort of promoting me. But that's the job. The writing and the playing of the music and all of that is part of the, quite honestly, part of the pay, right? Getting to do those experiences is part of what you do for a living. So what I have struggled with, um, true confession style, um, in the last couple of years is doing exactly that, right? Sort of being louder, not necessarily loud, but louder at least, or at least, <laughs> at least mentioning the fact that I need to sell consulting services. I need to sell training. I need to sell things that I do. Um, I'm not just the talent and I'm not just the content and I need to actually focus in on occasionally letting my audience and letting people know that, Hey, by the way, you can buy stuff too. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's, I can do it for other people. Um, I did it for CMI for years. I've done it for other companies for years. I've done it for others. It's just, it's hard to do it for my own self and, and, if in a, in a perfect world, if I had a ton of budget and a ton of things, I would hire people to do this for me. Um, but, uh, but I need to recognize that it's ultimately my responsibility and it's something that I'm not terribly good at. So what is the, what is the biggest thing that you are of all that? What's the biggest thing that you're going to change in 24? Well, it's funny because I, there was, I, so I had a client not, not too long ago, um, who, let's call them a CMI like company, um, small business, uh, family owned business. Um, but you know, probably doing, uh, let's call it 10 to $15 million a year in revenue. So they had a number of employees that, you know, they're, they're an, a going concern focused on content, focused on events, focused on, uh, training for their particular niche. And they basically for the first few years of their business, didn't really need to do any marketing. They they like they were skyrocketing quickly, right? Their their community ate up what they were doing. And so they got they got a little bit successful quickly. And then they really started to struggle with moving the needle at all, and they just weren't doing any marketing at all. They weren't really doing any more. They were creating great content, they were creating great events for their customers, they were creating all these things, but they weren't really doing any marketing or advertising or or sort of letting people know that they existed in a, in in a in a new way. And when I went in there and did consulting for them, I kind of, you know, they said, well, what should we do? Like, what should we, what should we, what should we change? And, you know, about our marketing strategy. And I kind of snarkily said, well, have one basically, <laughs> you know, in other words, <laughs> do, do some, do some marketing. That was my, that was my advice to them was do some marketing. And it's, and it's now my own advice to myself, which is do some, right. Do, you know, I need to, and I'm working very diligently over the holiday and, and, you know, and have been, um, over the last, you know, about a 24 marketing plan where I'm going to, I'm going to do some, I'm actually going to put my own, my own cobbler's kids to work, um, and make some shoes for myself, basically. Very good. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, you and I have talked offline, talk about confessions. I mean, I know it's been a, a challenging year for you. I mean, you've been very honest with, with our listeners about it. So, yeah. but you, it sounds like you, you're feeling good about going into the next year. And I'm feeling, uh, yeah, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. I think the, the economy's turning. We're starting to see a little bit of a turn here. And I think, you know, I think give with, Again, going back to our predictions of last week, if if any of those predictions that I talked about are even remotely true, we should see an uptick in the need for companies figuring out their content strategy, their content marketing platforms, the way that they manage their operations, their measurement strategies, their you know their technology selections, all the things that we do for a living. And so I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic around the business of change. In other words, process change, technology change, creative change, content change being a thing in 2024 and the economy sort of giving permit mm -hmm. marketers to do that. So I'm I'm feeling like it will resonate if that's the right word. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm not I, I honestly I don't know that being louder this year would have made a big difference. But what I do know is, is that not being, you know, being quiet didn't help anything. You know, it's funny, the the two that you shared, you know, just this ongoing, there's, you could run themes, a few themes through it. Um, yeah. I, I'm changing what I, I was going to talk about something else. I'm changing it to to this year. And uh, what, what was a very challenging year for me personally was some decisions that I had to make. And you know some of this because yeah. we would we would share, talk about before the programs. But um, I'm as as most people know. I'm really into goal setting. I'm really into planning. I take it very very seriously, and I had a plan when we launched the tilt in the beginning of 21. Sort of, I was never going to start a business again, and then I did because of COVID. <laughs> and but I set a plan, and I said, okay, I think this is where it's going to go, and I'm going to fund this thing until till 24, and then we'll see. Hopefully, we'll get to a point where we could sell it to somebody else or whatever the yeah. case is. Well, the beginning of 23 came on and the tilt changed a lot as well as the event, which was uh, creator economy expo and now content entrepreneur expo, because we started with a heavy focus on um, social tokens. You know, tilt coin is part of that. I was very intrigued by that model. I was wondering if that could be, you know, having a, a token model, it could be a viable long-term business model uh, for, for creators. And that really blew up uh, the wrong way uh, into 2022. And the, the tilt became of, uh, you know, we had a, new, a really good newsletter, still is today, 30,000 plus. We had a small but possibly growing event. And it, it the business model became almost exactly the same as what Content Marketing Institute was. So we, I was repeating the, what I'd done before Be, I, after what I thought was we were doing something different. That's what really intrigued me about mm. the model because I'm like, this hasn't been done before. We we did the whole tilt point thing. We saw a lot of really in, interesting excitement about that. We saw, um, I was learning all kinds of stuff. And then, no, <laughs> it's not the way it's going to be. <laughs> um, we did, we were, we were rent, uh, using rented land. The rally thing didn't work out at all. Oh, boy. The, tilt, the coin, tilt coin is not a thing that. anymore. Yeah, the whole bunch of, you know, you and I learned a, a whole I totally lot about forgot. that. It's so funny that I forgot about that. You forgot I about went, your whole social yeah, token? I, oh, my God. Coin. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah. So, we got it. And, and so. <laughs> what a disaster. So, moving into 22 and 23, I was like, 
okay, that's fine. I know what the business, I know this business model. Yeah. Uh, but it, to be honest, it didn't excite me anymore. Yeah. And, but yeah. I was like, no, you planned, you set the plan. I got it written down. You're going to, you're going to run right. this through until 24. So I'm at, I'm at really at odds with that. I'm like, what are you going to do with that, Joe? And then finally, I, I was just really depressed about the whole thing. And finally I said, you know, do what do, I needed to do what made me happy. Like yep. I needed. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'm changing that plan. I'm going to allow myself to, to mark an F in that, that it didn't work out for various reasons. And I said, I, I would like to give this to somebody who really wants it because it's very valuable. There's a lot of things going on. The team is amazing. Uh, they do a wonderful job with it. And I felt like I was letting them down because my heart wasn't all the mm. way in it. And so made the decision and it really, really, really worked out well. We're our biggest partner. Oh, it's genius. Lulu yeah, wanted yeah. to launch their own event. We started to talk. I said, don't launch your own event. Why Why don't you Why don't you just per- purchase CEX and you can have your own event? And then you've got the tilt to market it and the whole thing. And it worked out and that thing was closed in August after a bunch of conversations with a wonderful Lulu team. And now it's worked really well. And now you got a great team around that supporting the Tilton CEX. I'm doing the things I want to do, which I get to host CEX and I get to work on a new project, which is called Tilt Publishing, which is a whole new thing about selling your books directly that really hasn't been done before. So I get to now work on, I like to work on new things. Um, so making that, thank God, I guess I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't yeah. say, no, you're going to make it work because you wrote the goal down that you were going <laughs> to stay true till 24. Well, that's the thing. It's that's the lesson from the previous one, right? Which is, yeah. you, you, you know, it, you said this is, you know, you didn't fall in love with the product to the point where you sort of kept it going in a, you know, in a, in a zombie state, right? It was, yeah. you, you, you made the, the hard decision early, which was good for everybody. It's good for yeah. everybody. It's worked out so well. I can't tell you the the team's happier. The I mean, Lulu's just a great organization. Yeah, uh, and and it's sort of breathed new life into CEX, which we're expecting the biggest crowd you know we've ever had for that event in May. So yeah, it's sometimes you got to get out of your own way. And and but I was also willing. You know, by the way, I mean a lot of people don't know this and. I mean, this might be news to a few people that are close to me. Like I was ready to, to just say I'm done. Yeah. Like if Lulu, if Lulu didn't come to the table, yeah, I probably would have just ended the whole thing. Sure. I just said sure. I'm done. I'm, life is too short. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done with it. So, but, <laughs> but luckily, 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 that rally coin. Did didn't happen. Oh my god! I I had put that. I had I had I had excised that from my memory bank. But that is. uh, It was was very exciting for a while. It was it was exciting for about twenty two minutes. Yeah, it was it was truly exciting for like twenty two minutes, and then it just got stupid. I'll tell you what. uh, In COVID, did did so many horrible things to my anxiety and my thinking. That I'm like, I want to go back. I want to go back to 2020. And this is just, it's a very selfish thing to talk about because a lot of horrible things happen. But for me personally, like I was in a bad state. And why did I ever think that starting <laughs> a business right in the middle of COVID was a good idea? Because I, I actually wanted, I still do. I still want to write novels. But why am I, why, why didn't you tell me, Robert? Uh, well, you, 
It was. <laughs> I was dealing with. You could have stopped me. I was dealing with my own bullshit. I know. We were both. <laughs> we were both dealing yeah. with it. Uh, uh, the good news is we brought this thing back so that we was did the, we yeah. did this was fun this, this you know it's it's interesting we stopped uh recording in 18 i went on sabbatical and whatever brought yeah. it back in 19 but i miss i did miss we didn't we didn't find excuses to talk on a regular basis no I mean, we talk every week that's right now but so that so our excuse to for you and i to talk every week is this podcast well yeah i mean let's let's be super clear we don't do this for the money <laughs> 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 you know, we don't do this for the money, folks. This is this is not the labor is not, of love. This is not it, one of those is. strong revenue streams that we speak so highly of. <laughs> it, although it does drive revenue. Oh, it's fine. It's yeah, thing. it's fine. It's just, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's not, a thing. Yeah. But it but uh, yeah, it ain't for the money. It, it, we, this is for the love for sure. That's exactly right. All right. All so, right. Uh, how are we? On, how you want to end this? This. Program? I want to end it very quickly. Let's let's get on our soapboxes really quickly yeah. here. Thanks to uh, to Ruth um, and uh, and and the lovely dog Lucy. We have to we have to also thank Lucy there. I think um, I think Lucy, Lucy and Lucy Ruth come as a team. This one yeah. the, to LinkedIn. This yeah. might be a Lucy question. Uh, it might sure. be. It might be. Anyway, it's get up on All our right. soapboxes and just say we can really quickly go through these, like what, you know, what we think I've got three basically, but, um, what do you, what, what yeah, do you, I've got two. what do you I've want people two. to stop doing or what do you think is stupid or you know, speaking of rally coin, right? What, what is just the uh, dumbest things that marketers are continuing to so, do? That they so the things that I'm doing? seeing, yeah, the things I'm seeing over and over again and having conversations with not only brands, but content entrepreneurs out there is they start some content marketing initiative. That's a newsletter, a podcast, a YouTube series, whatever it is, custom magazine. Doesn't matter what it is. It's always the same. They don't, you don't put any promotion dollars behind it. They think that organically this thing is going to happen and it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's very, very rare that you can organically alone build an audience, especially from the start. You have to build in a promotion strategy and uh, through paid, in a lot of cases, paid advertising of some kind uh, or, or paid partnerships. Uh, and I'm just, to be honest, I'm so tired of over and over and over again looking at these plants. And I'm like, well, how are you going to get the word out that you're doing this, th this thing? And they don't. They rely on whatever program they rely on. Oh, YouTube will do it for me. Or I'm sure somebody will talk about my podcast, word of mouth. I'm sure I'll get found in search engines, but they have no really good SEO plan. It's it's ridiculous and I'm tired of it. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Right. I have a related one, which is, uh, and it's the, it is still to this day, the number one thing that we solve in our consulting work, which is getting marketing teams business. Let's just say businesses full stop. Cause it's not marketing's fault. It's the business's fault. Um, and it's still getting trained this way in, in, in university, which is annoying as all get out, but, but, but it's still, it's the idea of con of container first and then content. So that's the way that we're marketing teams, businesses still think in terms of campaigns and containers. And then how do we fill those things with content? So the project becomes, how do I get an ebook? How do I get a web page? How do I get a blog post? How do I get a podcast? How do I get a white paper? How do I get a thing? And then the team has to figure out, okay, now that we have this empty container thing that we have to fill, how do we fill it full of, and it's just, it's, we have to switch that. We have to, we, we have to start switching it, which is what's the story? What's the content? What's the idea? What's the, 
cool thing that we want to express over time and then figure out all the containers that might be appropriate for it. It just has to switch because when we see it switch, it works. It just yep. works better. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's this weird muscle that organizations can't get themselves over um, to not think container first. Like, oh, just to your point, right? Not promoting it, right? It's the idea of, ooh, let's get a, let's build a podcast, for example. Ooh, we're going to make a podcast. Okay, great. Now we're going to make a podcast. Okay. Well, what, what should we, we talk, talk about? What should we talk about? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's interview customers. Okay, great. That's, that's, that's nobody never needs been it. done. No, yeah, right. No, nobody needs another one of those. Well, okay, we'll do something else. Well, you know, in other words, you sit and, and finally you get down to the least common denominator of whatever content you're going to do. And, and nobody goes, you know, is a podcast really the best vehicle for this? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's the that's the real difference. And so, yeah, that's my that's so one of so mine. true. I, and you, you see it over and over again. Oh, my God. TikTok's taken off. We need to be doing something there. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you really yeah. don't. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even to the point where one, one of our, one of, one of our sort of, you know, somebody, somebody, a client will come to us and say, how do we move the needle the most in the first month of our new content marketing approach? Um, switch the intake form, like, cause everybody has one on their Slack or their intranet or something. There's an intake form where demand gen or the C-suite or the sales group or somebody could request content, make a switch change the drop down box from containers cuz you know you have it right you drop down box and it's all like you know ebook or blog page or p powerpoint presentation or pdf file or whatever it is change that to you have to tell us the story you want to tell you have to give us the value to the audience that you want to tell we'll decide what the right container is for that yeah that'll never happen no that won't happen they'll never <laughs> yeah. it's a great thought that'll yeah. never happen yeah all right, you got another uh, one? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the the hardest thing to do, you know, this we talked about this on this episode. The hardest thing to do in business is to is to get a customer. You you get a customer that you've done something heroic, great. You have a customer. Yeah. And what I see over and over in content marketing is we just forget about that, and we're so focused on this top of the funnel lead generation all those tactics and strategies and they don't say, wow, we have this customer. How do we make this customer a better customer and keep yeah. this customer longer? I would love to see before stop it with all the content marketing stuff at the top of the funnel, just for a second. Yeah. And focus on the best opportunity you have is to create a better customer. Do that. So that's what I would love to see for 24 is okay. And, and you can measure the stuff by the way. Oh, for uh, okay. sure. Are my if we're sending whatever you're sending them, whatever stories you're telling them, in whatever form that Robert just talked about, you know, great. How, are they staying longer as customers? You can measure that. Uh, are they spending more because they're getting the stuff that you're getting? This is that's the bet. This is the the number one reason for content marketing is a loyalty driven strategy. That's where content. That's where content marketing was born in the loyalty driven yep. area. I would love to see more people get back to the roots of content marketing and stop with all the lead gen stuff. I'll tell you though, um, I think this will make you happy. Is okay. we're starting to really see that, um, you know, oh, with that our clients. Make me happy. Yeah, doubling down on what's being called customer enablement content. In other words, not the 
training manual of how to use the thing that you just bought or the how-to of how to use a particular interface or how to use a particular piece of machinery or whatever it is that you you know sold them that's customer service in my mm-hmm. my eyes the customer enablement is how do we you know how does an electrical company help an engineer become a better engineer or how does a you know how does a software company help a company be, or a person become a better marketer or a better administrator or a better you know whatever it is right and so we're starting to see a lot more effort put into that um you know in terms of 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 especially in the technology sector, which has seen its own challenges in terms of lead generation in the last year, but we're seeing a doubling down on customer enablement content. So I think, I think it's a good, it's such a great lesson and it's one that we actually are starting to see a little movement on. Love it. That's all. That's what I've got. So if you got one or yep. two more. Yeah. I got. To, well, I got one more, which is, uh, uh, it has to do with AI, um, which is more and more I'm starting to see, uh, so I, I download a lot of thought leadership um, in my job because for comp- for competitive reasons, I'm downloading research reports uh, for client reasons. I'm going out and looking at different industries and then downloading the competitors um, uh, thought leadership and content. So I need to be sharp on not only in marketing and digital marketing and what's going on in the world of AI and all those kinds of things, but I'm also read a ton of thought leadership for, on behalf of my clients. So I end up knowing a lot about industries that I really don't care to know that much about, but nevertheless, yeah. that's a whole other rant. My my, So as a result, and I have a special email address all set up for this, I get a lot of drip campaigns. Um, I also get a lot of this on social media as well. So I get a lot of marketing automation drip campaigns because I'm immediately considered a lead um, as soon as I download that white paper or whatever. And more and more increasingly, uh, and you know, I haven't counted, but I, I would hazard a guess to say the data would actually show this. I'm starting to see AI-created drip campaigns where the content is clearly formulated automatically um, and is templatized and and is also, but also created by AI. I'm also seeing it more and more as we talked about on this show and last show on our LinkedIn comments on, on my, on my Instagram comments, I'm seeing it on, uh, where the, the comment is my, my point in all this is you're not fooling anybody that, you know, the LinkedIn DMS, the LinkedIn comments, the automated email marketing automation emails that are coming after I download your stuff that are AI generated. I can see it. I, and if I can see it, others can see it. And you're not fooling anybody with this sort of, uh, approach to AI in terms of the way that you're doing these drip and and sort of outbound email and social campaigns. So stop it, stop it, because it doesn't make me like you more. It makes me trust you less. So um, that's that's my that's my soapbox. It's it's almost uh, where we were at when marketing automation first became a term, and they started <laughs> you started to see the mad all lib the stuff. Yeah, the ma- yeah, the mad lib stuff. Like it's very similar yeah. to that. Hello, Robert. Would you like software for your, you know, and the funny <laughs> thing is I've now gamed those systems with my little fake email address where, uh, so my, my, my email address for anybody who wants to send me email there is please give me the paper. <laughs> it's basically, it's, it's me at please give me the paper.com. Um, and so I'll get hi me or and sometimes I'll make up a name and I'll make up like, you know, Bob's big boy is, is one of my common ones. So I'll get, I'll get an email that says, hello, Bob's big boy. 
would you would you would you like some more software for our you know for your please give me the paper enterprise enterprise needs it's like oh boy hello just, mr vandalay Van, yeah art vandalay <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. What, what, uh, what's what's joey's name uh on friends with for the soap opera uh dr Oh, Dr. Drake, Drake, Drake Romero, Dr. Drake Romero, Ramore, or Romero, something like that. Ramore. Yeah, Doc, uh, Romare, Romare, you got it right, okay. Dr. Drake Romare. So, yeah, all right, there you go. Do you have a Do you have a last one? Uh, no, I'm done. That was I it. Am, I am done. Yes, we are oh, done. That was it. Was exhausting. With a fork, we are done. Uh, this is why uh, I I stopped going to my therapist because I have this this time to talk yeah. with you and my friends i will be very curious i would love for all of you to know if this was enjoyable for you to hear our <laughs> to hear us basically want, you know what's, pontificate yeah, what's on interesting our pain. is we, we've got another 30 questions that we could just go through we, oh totally i mean we could have done this for hours test. yeah we could have done this for hours well i know you said no, that this wasn't a thing but you you could have a whole big plan for new year's eve eve you could pick the place you're going for dinner like you, you could uh, do it. No, I mean, is that that's just no, no. I mean, have you met my wife? It's <laughs> yes, just I not am. gonna happen. By the way, I don't want it to happen. I'm very happy to be brought along. I know as a you sidekick, are, but she's got to be exhausted because uh, she's making no, all she's the decisions. Not. She loves to do that. She I loves know. to make our social planning, I and she hates it when I do it. She. Oh my god! Because the problem is, you would do it, and then your dude say, "Oh, Joe said I should do it," and then she's gonna be oh. mad at me. Well, we'd go drink tequila have. and eat Mexican food, right? I mean, and that's not gonna happen <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. well. Happy New Year, my friend. It's been Happy a wonderful. We've yeah. had some great episodes. It's been yeah. super, super fun. We had a we had quite a few moments where we got to see each other in person, and we'll do so again. Indeed. In in 24. And thank you to all our listeners. It's been it's been wonderful. Really appreciate it's it. It's absolutely uh, to you as well, my friend. It's been it's been a delightful year, despite its difficulty. One of the things has been this show for sure. One of the things that has kept me going the whole year has been uh, this show and and doing it with you. So yeah, there we go. Happy New Year. Today. Here we go. Here, Here we, we go. go. All right, everybody. Well, we will be back after the new year with our first show in January. So, yeah, you can look forward to that and hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful, happy new year, a blessed new year. Um, and to all of you, before we see you next week in 2024, well, just remember, it's your story to tell. Make sure you always tell it well. And we'll see you next year on This Old Marketing.